Hello, this is Cinema Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wanted to turn off the music today because, uh, uh, you know, I don't think music is appropriate for today. Today is our 100th episode, and I'm so proud and so glad that we had this chance to be together. Thank you for listening to us from Russia to Belarus, from Chile to Peru, from Mexico, which, by the way, I need to bring those numbers up, to Russia, uh, to America, to Canada. I mean, we've reached so many different countries. You know, the one thing that I, I've kept from you, you know, for 100 episodes, for eight seasons, nine seasons, for almost 10 years now, is who I am as a person. I've kept it from you. I, I've kept it private. I wanted just to speak about it. And slowly this year, it's been leaking out. It's been coming out a little bit. You know, people have been asking me questions and, you know, looking at my Instagram. And obviously, it's going to start telling you things about myself. Um, you know, that I train martial arts and that, I've, that I'm a grandmaster and that I, that I have many students. I have many schools, you know, but I want to give you a little background check on me real fast. And uh, before we bring on our great guest, Charles Carpenter, who is one of my favorite human beings on the planet Earth. And to bring him on for a hundredth episode is, is just for me is, is a gift that I don't know if I could return. It's just wonderful. But I, I grew up in a, a gang-ridden neighborhood. It wasn't originally gang-ridden. It became gang-ridden as time came along, 1970s, 1980s. It became gang-ridden. I wanted to be a cop since I was five years old, since I was five. And I, I always dreamed about it. I fantasized about it. I, I, I used to watch movies about the military and I'm an immigrant's child. Both my parents, my mother came from Japan. My father came from Sicily. So we, we have, you know, it's different when you grow up in an immigrant's family. So I would watch movies that are rated R when I was, you know, six years old, like Alien. And I would watch these movies and I would fantasize about being cops and, 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 and a soldier and all those things. There were a lot of times where I didn't do the right thing. You know, did I do something horrible? No, maybe just stay at a party or show up at a party that I shouldn't have been at. That was, you know, that alcohol, what have you. And I'd be handcuffed. Those are the days of zero tolerance where it was a dare. And they wanted to teach you a lesson. They wanted to teach you a lesson. So they'd handcuff you. And so I've been handcuffed several times. And not a, you know, technically arrested, I suppose so, but never booked. And I still wanted to be a cop. I didn't really know how it worked. So when I went to college, I took criminal justice. Mr. Pope was one of my first teachers in criminal studies. Also Latin and law, modus operandi. I didn't understand that by going down that route that I would be more likely to be chief of police or a gold shield detective than I would ever be able a chance to be a, a regular beat cop, meaning a street cop. Before that, and might I digress, I, I trained martial arts, and I trained martial arts my entire life. And I had become more and more serious into it. 
it became very apparent to me that a life in the police department was not not in my not in my avenue of study, not in my purview, not not in my just not in my future. It just wasn't. It was not lowbrow, but it was beneath what I've studied already. What I've studied already was was carrying me in a completely different direction. Now in martial arts, I trained police officers and I trained soldiers for over 27 years in defensive tactics. And one of the reasons why I trained them was that I saw an innate fear. I saw fear in the eyes of police officers and soldiers because they did not understand how to properly handle people. They did not know how to properly defend themselves. So they would overact, overreact when situations would happen. So I took it as a personal oath to teach everyone in a proper way. So when they did have those opportunities or those chances or when something came their way, they would defend themselves properly. They would treat each other with a certain amount of respect because they weren't afraid. They weren't, I mean, they would be able to defend themselves. <laughs> they weren't afraid. When I look at the world today, I see a world that is full of people that are afraid, that are full of fear. You don't need to be afraid. There is nothing going on today that has been going on literally for hundreds of years in America. Today, I feel a little bit of shame for my contribution, for teaching to other people. I feel a little bit saddened, like something's been taken away from me. I taught these people specifically, specifically, to be in control at all times. Now, I'm sorry for bringing this up. You know, I, I know I, I always promise not to be political on this show. But I ask all of you, right now in this time, to have a little bit more patience to have a little bit more dignity, a little bit more care for one another. We can only get past these moments with each other. We can't get past these moments alone. It's impossible. There's an old African quote, if you want to go far, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go by yourself. If you want to go well, go as a collective. We are a collective. We are a people. All of us. And the only way for us to get through these times of the coronavirus, and yeah, it's May 27th, 2020. The only way for us to get past these moments is for us to do this together. I'm proud of all those people out there that have that are outraged by certain indiscretions that have happened in our existence, that, 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 have, that have 
have shocked all of us. But I plead with all of you right now to take a moment. As I say at the end of our show, look at your life. And when you get out of this thing, the coronavirus, when you get out of this pandemic, are you going to be a good person or a bad person? Have you thought about that? You know, when you go to a different high school, when you've gone to one high school to another, you will often think about, am I going to be the same person? Am I going to change? Am I going to change my personality to get along with different people, maybe get along with a different group? You put a lot of thought when you change high schools on social placement. Well, this is your opportunity right now to ask yourself, who am I going to be when this whole thing is over? Am I going to be on the right side of history, the right side of my own history, of my own life, of my own existence? Or am I going to be on the wrong side of my life, of my existence, or of history? I appreciate your time. I just want to give you a little, couple words here. Let's bring on Charles Carpenter. Great guy. I've known him for over 20 years. Just a fantastic human being, actor, you know, extraordinary. You know, there was a time that uh, I, I would watch television, like even in Hawaii. <laughs> and I, I could not watch an episode of anything without him popping up. It was, inc- it was incredible. For our 100th episode, I'm so proud to bring on Charles Carpenter. Let's bring him on with a a little bit of clap track right here. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, my friend? I I feel so blessed. This is such a gladsome, incredible propitious milestone that you have achieved your centennial show. I am more than impressed, taken aback, blown away, not only by the standard of excellence that you've set for yourself in creating this broadcast, but also the fortitude that you've exhibited in staying with it. 100 shows, you know, when you get to, when you get to show 15 or 16, you're probably like, well, okay, I think I'm starting to get my groove. I hope I can come up with other stuff. And, you know, you're in show 36 or 37. Wow, can I maintain this? How can I push it forward? You're up in right. the 60s somewhere. You're probably thinking, well, you know, it was a good run. Maybe I could do something else. But you <laughs> have always had this intuitiveness, this desire to be better and in so doing to elevate everybody around you. So uh, th- the fact that you've reached 100 shows doesn't surprise me. It's just, it's just so fantastic that, that this is where we are. So congratulations to you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know, I, I was trying to listen to some of my earlier shows. I remember when you and I did episode one together and uh, I tried yeah. to listen to, you know, episode like three and four and five, and they were almost intolerable. You know, listen, <laughs> they're almost intolerable. Like I couldn't, I couldn't take it, <laughs> but I, you know, I enjoyed it, you know, and I enjoy the show and I enjoy sharing myself with other people and listening to their lives and what they've been through and, and 
you know, you, you've always known me as the kind of person who, who likes people. I like people. And, and listening to them about their life and what they're going through is a pleasure, is really a pleasure. Well, it, it shows. There's a, and, and, you know, it's so interesting in the introduction today because this is unlike other uh, shows or, or broadcasts or interviews in that I care so deeply for the person doing the interview. Don't get me wrong. Right. I mean, I care as a general rule about people, but because we have shared the history that we've shared to be able to come on here, and I was reflecting on your uh, opening monologue about – um, you know, one of the things you said was that there was no way you could pay me back for coming on today. But in point of fact, you already have, you know, one of the things that of which I am most proud in my life is that I am a faithful husband and a loving father. And you are. those are those are skill sets that were refined through my working you know, through being in life and, and the people you encounter, you encounter teachers, you encounter angels who come across your path, and you right. are definitely that for me, being able to work with you and train with you. And, and, and as you were talking about opening yourself up to your audience a little bit, you know, I was, I was, going, to, uh, I was <laughs> going to call you uh, before this happened and say, so um, – I notice you don't really mention your extensive, extensive martial arts background. And since that's the way we are, are so integrally connected, I was like, should we just kind of skip past that or, you know, just <laughs> as a sin of omission, not bring it up or so I'm really happy that you're, you're sharing yourself uh, with, with your fans and, and with the people who follow uh, this show. It was, it was always a point of ego. You know, it was always one of those things of like, when you talk about yourself, when I, cause I've heard so many people talk about themselves and, you know, write, write about themselves on Instagram. Like I'm a six degree black belt. I'm a this, I'm a this. And it, it always seemed very strange. And uh, it always, it always felt kind of egotistical and what have you. I don't know how they did it, but, I didn't know how I can do it and not seem like, well, simply like a jackass, you know, because even though without, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, because I trained 18 hours a day and I, somebody just recently asked me like, you know, why haven't you written your books yet? I'm like, I, I taught two schools like 16 hours a day. Like it was very hard to do. And by the time I got home, I was tired and it was mm -hmm. very difficult to do anything else, but, you know, teach and, and be there for other people and, and, and to give your all, give everything you had yeah. to other people. And when that happens, you don't have anything left for yourself. And, and I'm not complaining at all. No, I was more than willing to do that, but I just didn't have any time for myself. I didn't have, have any time for, you know, what I desired because what I desired didn't mean anything compared to helping people like yourself and, and other people who, you know, needed a little adjustment or needed a little care or just needed simple attention and love. And, you know, and you definitely gave that. So for everybody out there, I'm going to take a second since I've been invited to be the guest on this centennial episode, I'm going to take a second to brag on you because, well, I'm the guest. You can edit this in post if you want to, but I have to let everybody know uh, a seventh degree black belt 
uh, Kung Fu grandmaster, somebody who is as loving and caring as he is powerful. And that is a dichotomy that you don't normally find in people. Not only that, uh, an incredible writer, an incredible producer, you know, the, the work that you've done, the movies that, that, that you've uh, been a part of have won awards and have garnered many accolades, both for you and for your, your cast and crews. Uh, just a brilliant photographer um, and a, a poet. And, and to say all that, it, it, you're encapsulated by a word that is very near and dear to my heart. And it's something uh, that I use to define myself. And that is you are a storyteller. You tell stories with your photographs. You tell stories with your words. You tell stories with your martial arts, the way right. you move, the way you teach other people to move and to gain a degree of self-worth and confidence that they may not heretofore have had. And, and you've done that and you've done that with a plum for, and that was how you and I met. I, I'll never forget. I was walking down Ventura Boulevard and I was going to our favorite sushi place, which is awesome. And it's, I was it's thinking just, of, I was really thinking about that today. What was, was Kaya in <laughs> diapers at the time? Yes, she was. Yes, she was. That is um, crazy. So I, I walked past the storefront and I looked in and prior to you moving into, into that studio, it was this, uh, this skateboard shop and it was just all blacked out and dark and, and it would just seem like a kind of void uh, on, on the street. And then I looked in and there was light and it was interesting and there were these colors and I saw you in the corner and you had a, uh, a mallet and a, a chisel and you were chipping away at the concrete in the corner because the the carpeted floor hadn't even been put in yet. And I looked and I, and I said, okay, the Academy of Kung Fu, this is awesome. And right. um, we went in and I went in and, and you and I started speaking. And the thing that blew me away was um, you didn't try to sell anything because so often I've, you know, prior to having worked with you, you know, I, I trained in, just, you know, kind of dabbled my, my toes into martial arts here. You trained with Billy Blanks. And you trained with a lot of great, great teachers. Yeah. I, I, I did. And, and Billy was awesome. Really, really intense. Good guy. And, uh, his brother, Michael, with whom I am, I am still dear friends. And, uh, I, uh, when I was younger, I, I studied a form of karate called, uh, Ishinru. And, uh, right. but I, I noticed that other people, were always not not necessarily the blanks. I don't want to put them in this category, but there were martial artists who were always kind of hawking their wares. Like you'd go in to check out the school, and it was all about, you know, the cell cell come in, start training. And you and I spoke about philosophy. We spoke about the right. sushi that I'd ordered, right. and and you said, you know, come in and just give it a try tomorrow. Tomorrow's right. my opening day, and. So I went in and this was, this was on uh this was the Monday. This was Martin uh, Luther King jr. Day uh, right. that I went in. And then that Tuesday I went, I came back to class. We did the first class with no carpet on the floor, just kind That's of right. raw. And, and, and then you said, you know what, Charles, give it, give it a couple of weeks, see if you like it. And then we can talk about paying. And I said, no, I'm in, let's go to work. And, and I think that that's the beauty of, what it was that you created there, a place where people could feel safe with techniques that were anything but safe. I 
in, in all my years of training, the reason why I loved what we did was because everything that you trained was very street applicable. Um, right. And yes, of course, there are very flowy kind of showy, the, the kind of quote unquote Kung Fu sort of moves, right, that look really pretty but may or may not be that effective in, in, in any given situation. But there, everything that, that you taught had an application that gave me a sense of confidence should I ever have needed to use it. And the place felt safe. You, you generated the, – the true mark of a good school is if you can generate a lot of kids in the program, and you certainly did that. Right. Kids, there were a lot of women who came through the door, so they were empowered. And – there's a, a philosophy in in our system that I hold to and I try to live my life by, and it's really simple, and I think it's why your show is as successful as it is. Okay. From It is, if I remember correctly, the blue belt philosophy. From the greatest sincerity comes, comes the greatest, greatest achievement. achievement. Yeah. And I try to live my life that way. And if you, if you sincerely set out to produce a, a good product, to bring value to other people's lives, you will be rewarded. Maybe not necessarily in the timeline or in the manner in which you had anticipated, but you will always be rewarded. So that is one of the many lessons that I learned grinding out hours of, of Kung Fu training over at that school. That marked right. a very special, wonderful part of my life. And yes, Kaya was in diapers she wasn't even walking yet she was just doing that kind of stand kind of shuttle where she would just kind of bounce up and down while she was right. uh, uh balancing next to something um and now here she is about to graduate and and go off to school with with, with it's, honors it's by incredible. the way with honors yes she she uh, uh just a little daddy brag for everybody out there who's a dad my my daughter and son i feel so blessed my son straight A student, incredible athlete. My daughter is going to graduate with a 4.7 GPA and she got a, what's called a posse scholarship, a, a full ride academic scholarship yeah. to the university of Wisconsin. And awesome. I know that's kind of boring for people to hear, but I say it to say, and, and my long toothed way of getting back to our point, the reason why my children have grown into the young man and young woman that they are is in is it as a direct result of the philosophies and techniques and conversations that I had with you many a day and nights at that school. So I thank right. you for that. I, I thank you as well. You know, I, I would tell you that you know philosophy and and direct talking and what have you that we've had a hundred times is only as good as the person who's listening to it, the person who's receptive mm -hmm. to it. And we're the we're within the same age group. We're within the same generation. You've always been that kind of person who has been understanding, wanted to listen, wanted to learn, was always adjusting, which is which is perfect in the martial arts. By the way, is somebody who's always willing to adjust, learn, recuperate, uh, admit their own faults, and then move on from there. You know, you've you've always been that kind of human being, and to see, you know, Logan and, and and Kaya be the people they are, I am so extremely proud of you, and so extremely proud of your family, because they are incredible, incredible children. When that, what was her GPA, by the way? Uh, it, uh, it's a four point seven. A four 
0.7. Now we can't say that you know her mother's a teacher as well. So oh, Chrissy's you know, amazing. Thank God to look after them. Look, Chrissy did all the hard work. I just had a couple fun nights. <laughs> a four point seven is insane. Like I, you know, I remember as a kid, I didn't even think that was possible. I remember I dated a girl that had like a, a four point five, and I'm like, how? How can you get that kind of grade? She had a four point seven, and she's humble. She's trained incredible throughout her life she's physical she's done water polo uh she's caring and loving towards her friends and logan is is a beast he's intelligent he's kind he's generous and somebody i wouldn't want to write hook from uh, you know <laughs> just <laughs> just both of them are really incredible people and it, it shows it's the mark of a great parent you know, I, I, I well, know a lot. Of, I know a lot of people say that, you know, bad children are a mark of what their parents are like. You know, I don't agree with that. I remember looking at, at a nun when I was a kid, and she said the same thing to me. And I go, "Have you ever thought that maybe I'm just a bad kid?" <laughs> and she looked shocked by that <laughs> comment. You know, but I, I do believe the mark. <laughs> I, I do believe the mark of a good child, especially a great child is a mark of a good parent and good parental style. So I, I'm extremely proud and extremely happy for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. It, um, it's, again, it's, there, are, there are angels, teachers, whatever, whatever word you want to assign that, uh, that come into your life to help you, and, and they appear right when you need them to. And uh, right. so I thank you for everything because you were that for me uh, for in, in a number of ways. And now I can, I can tell people with honor and with confidence that, yes, I, I earned my, my third-degree black belt, and I, and I still train to this day. I, I train my yeah. kids. I get up and, and I do stuff because uh, – I, I will be completely well, Chrissy, honest Chrissy with you. Doesn't you, wanna, you, you, doesn't you, er, you earn your – <laughs> You earn, you earn your fourth degree black belt and, and, and didn't want to get it. You, you definitely earned your fourth degree black belt. So one of these days, I'm going to shove it down your shoulders because uh, you, 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 you really do epitomize what a master really is. You're kind. You're generous. You care about other people. You know the style. You care about the style. You think about the style. You shared with other people. We, we talked just a couple of weeks ago about training your children or what have you. So you continue the path. You, you, you're not, you're not in jest. You're not, a, you're not a person of, of, of falsehoods. You are definitely a person that stays true to themselves and true to others. And if there's anybody that I can think of that has earned that ranking, it is, it is without a doubt you. Uh, well, I feel I feel very honored and I feel very blessed. That's that's very kind of you to say. You know, it's um, I I feel very fulfilled in in where things are going and the path that I've taken to get here. And uh, so again, thank you for thank you for everything. And 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 once again, thank you for including me in this incredible journey to get you from one to one hundred. I feel there's 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 a, a symmetry to that. You know, and there I, is. That's, that's, that's really exceptional. I want to ask you, um, yeah. what made you decide that this was, because again, 
you're a you're a writer. You're an author. Right. You've authored books. You've you've written scripts. Uh, so you know you're a screenwriter. Um, you've you've taken just beautiful pictures. You're 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 a photographer that is par excellence. You've done so many things. What was it that made you feel like this is the medium through which you can best reach the masses with your storytelling and spread your message? How, how is it that, that you came to find the, uh, the podcast world as your niche, as it were? Well, when I watch people right now, a lot of people are doing things through YouTube and what have you, and they're doing face-to-face conversations. And I, and I love what they're doing. But as a, as a small child, 1970, my, my father gave me a little, little radio and I would listen to AM conversations. I would listen to, you know, uh, the Beatles nonstop, you know, through my little radio. Uh, my cousin Jackie and I would go in the background and we would grab a fake, you know, mic. And we, I would fake like I was a broadcaster. And I always <laughs> wanted to do that, right? Now, I went to Catholic school as well, and they would always choose for me to read the gospel when we went up, we went up there for church. And I always mm-hmm. wondered why. I'm like, you know, I'm a mess. Like, why are you choosing me? But they liked my voice. Later on, when I was mm. able to articulate myself, the voice and the articulation came along. And I wanted to do something to share myself with other people. Um, I didn't know what to do. Blogs were not available. When you and I first did the first episode, blogs were not very popular. But but our, our first five shows had so many listeners, it was insane. Because blogs mm. were not extremely popular. Uh, and I wanted to I wanted to do, you know, and I always make the joke, you know, Mama always said I had a face for radio. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But I, I really wanted to do something that was that allowed people to share themselves intimately without being forced to show their face of like sadness of, of, of you know, I'm not sure and what have you. This mm-hmm. is a, a, a blank. This is like a blank canvas for a lot of people where they will recreate a painting together. The, the other one, when you look at YouTube and what have you, it's very difficult for people to become intimate uh, mm. when they're discussing things with people because they have to look them in the eyes. And we know how that feels. We know how it feels to look someone in the eyes and try to be intimate. But we're, we're just, you and I are just talking. We're talking through the telephone. We're talking through the radio. We have hundreds of thousands of people listening to us from different countries. And it's diff- it feels different. It is yeah. different. It gives you a different sensibility. It gives you a, a different sense of intimacy with the person you're talking to. And I don't want to embarrass you, but it allows you to core or touch, touch a base in part of your heart that you're going to open up that otherwise you wouldn't. Absolutely. Well, listen, you don't ever have to worry about embarrassing me because one thing I can tell you about being a father once you've been pooped on and peed on, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing embarrasses you. There's nothing. There's, I, have, I have, I have, I have no shame. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no excess ego on me anymore. So, but you know, it's, the, it's, the one, it's all good. the one thing you know, the, I, I know about you that we that we work together in in casting and what have you. And the one thing I've seen about you in casting is that you're so generous and so caring. Oh, thank you. 
towards those actors, towards the people that, you know, otherwise they would take care of their kids. Otherwise they would, you know, be at some function. They run to those things. And instead of, you know, being some kind of automaton or titan, you, you you really do care about them. Where, where does that where does that come from, for you as a person? Now I know now we're going to talk about you as an actor as well. So you already have that skill, but this is a director skill, and this is a person skill. Where do you think you got that from? Go ahead. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for that compliment. It's very nice. Uh, checks in the mail. Um, you know, uh, I it came from came from my father my mo- my mother is a very fiery powerful mexican right. woman as you know and she is one of those people who is 80 about to turn 20 you know she is right. she is going to outlive us all fiery um yes so th- there's a lot of there's a lot of courage that and strength that i get from my mother my father is very erudite perhaps the most brilliant man i'd ever known um and he loved people, very gregarious, very well-spoken, um, enjoyed sitting in the afternoon with a glass of champagne and just talking about anything and everything. And so I, I would watch him talk to people, guests who would come over, whatnot, and just, or, you know, we'd go to the store and he would, uh, right. he would spark up a conversation, beautiful voice would make you cry. It was so amazing. When we would go to the Rose Bowl to watch UCLA play, and he would sing the uh, the national anthem and the Star Spangled Banner. And by the end of it, people were looking at him and applauding. It was it mm. was amazing. So he always had this energy of wanting to reach out and share energy, share space with other people. And so it it always human nature fascinates me. I like seeing right. people, and I like knowing what they're about. And as, as an actor, I'm a student of human nature because I'm called upon to play, you know, various different characters who may not have lived my life or or gone down my life path, but in everybody. And this is something that I teach the students in my acting classes. And this is something that I, I firmly believe there is a piece of you that exists in every character you play. Right. And so whether you play a rapist or a murderer or a, a sociopath or a, a brilliant, you know, expat or whatever is your role, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to put Charles on the back burner and just dive into this person's psyche. No, 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 no. The thing that makes that character, that, that being interesting is because it is being channeled through you. And this is something you and I have talked about. You have your, right. you have your, your public self that you allow everybody to see. Mm-hmm. And then you have your personal self that you allow your friends to see, but then you have your private self that right. is the, it could be the racist, sexist, misogynistic, horrible, but we all have elements of good and bad within us, but that private self is the one that you keep and your social filters uh, are what you go through to allow your opinion to be out into the world where your public self is received. But that private right. self connects to that private self of the characters you're playing. So to find that connection is interesting. And to find that connection with other people 
is what fascinates me. So to answer your question, in the years that I've I've been involved in casting, I want people to feel comfortable and know that their private self is as honored and protected as their public self would be. And that when you come into the room with me, I honor who you are. I honor the fact that, hey, the 405-101 interchange, that's a, that's a, that's a, I, I don't know what, what is the what is the, the the cuss range on this show? Can I how, how far can <laughs> Wait, I go? Because, go? Go ahead, go ahead. It's our hundredth show. Okay. Who gives who gives a darn? Okay, okay. Because because the four five one one interchange is a bitch. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not I, I'm not going to get any more any more blue than that. But right. I know that it's rough there. I know that in the lobby there are a lot of people talking, and sometimes the 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 noise can be cacophonous, and you can't hear yourself think. And right. I know that walking into a room can be tension filled and I know that you know with kids kids are delightful Hollywood parents can be very difficult to put it mildly and so they come in with this tension and oh my gosh I haven't booked in a while and I really need this and you come in with all this stress and I want to make sure that I allow that stress to be cleared I, I, I clear the blockage so that good energy can flow and if you can come into a room and feel comfortable and safe and loved and protected and know that you're, because we all, as, as actors, as storytellers, I think people in general, we all seek validation in one form, shape, or another. Sure. And for you to come into my room, I want you to feel validated. Fighting the 405, I honor that. Sitting in a noisy lobby, I honor that. Having pressure on your shoulders, either that is self-imposed or created by societal means, I understand that. So come in here, leave all that baggage at the door and just allow yourself to have a good experience. And that's very fulfilling to me because I've seen people smile and their days brighten just by having an exchange of energy with me. And that really, it it, it makes me happy. Let me go a little further with this. I've spoken to a a lot of people like Jody Sonnenberg and, and just, you know, people at on your mark, who are just really excellent human beings. Um, I, I've talked to so many people that know you from this world, and they love you, and they can't say enough kind, nice. I mean, they're not as articulate as you are. I mean, you you know words <laughs> that, you know, I, I, some people need to look up in the thesaurus, but, you know, they they love you. It has they been said you. that I have a penchant for the verbose. You are right. Yes, a, l- a little, a, a tad bit. So, 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 so when when you think about that, it's the same question I ask a lot of people. Like, why would somebody want to spend twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen hours a day with you? But you know what 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 is it about? You no, know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different direction real fast. I'm gonna go back to this question here. Mm-hmm. Do, do, when your father passed away, because your father did pass away. Now, I remember yes. when my father passed away, it, it opened up a, a part of my heart that I didn't think was open or, or available, mm-hmm. available to me. Now, you already had two children, and I understand that that opens up a love aspect that you never thought was going to be there. You never thought existed. Do you think that when your father passed away that that added to your love in a way that it helped you in, in, in the way that people see you? Oh, without a doubt. You know, we are, we are products of 
the conditions that surround us and, and those experiences through which we have to find a way to adapt. And my father, it, it, uh, it interesting, interesting story. My father uh, died the night of my bachelor party. Hmm. And um, I, I woke up in the morning. I had, um, now this is, this is 20 years ago. Um, right. It'll be 21 years, 21 years this June. Um, but I was, uh, at the time, I was recurring on a show called General Hospital. And um, the, the show called me up. And um, it, it wasn't a, a contract where I knew every week I was coming in. But every, every two to three weeks, every month or so, I'd come on for, for a couple episodes here or there. And, and it just one happened to fall on this day. It was a Friday. And um, my brothers had set up this bachelor party for me out in Vegas. I, uh, I was I was going to marry uh, my the love of my life, Chrissy, with whom I'm I'm still with uh, together. And um, so I got up and I got my call time, and so I had to be down at ABC Prospect at six in the morning. So I said, okay, I know how this goes. I know my scene. It was like a three or four page scene, and I know the pace at which soap operas work they move you can go through 18 pages in a day on a soap opera easily like the, they they crank out and so i said okay um i'm just gonna go in and kiss my dad goodbye and then uh and then head down to abc prospect knowing that i would have time to come back home um and then say a real goodbye to him before i headed to burbank airport to fly out to vegas right so that's those are all the pieces uh, at work here. But I said to myself, just in case, let me take my, uh, my clothing for the weekend in case I don't get back here, but that's not going to happen. So I just walked in and I said, bye, Dad, I love you. Going to shoot. See you later. And I left. Well, got to the set, and I guess they had a new director who was rather green, and he held me and held me and held me and um, – Finally, at one point, I was just sitting down, and one of the producers walked past me, and they said, Charles, what are you still doing here? And I said, well, nobody's released me yet. And then they right. walked away, and they came back, like, yeah, man, no, you're done. You can get out of here. And, of course, I was just beside myself because I knew I was done. But when right. I asked the people you know, down on the, on the floor, and I was like, hey, can I get out of here? Oh, not yet, not yet. We're not sure yet. We might need you for one more thing. I've been in the game long enough to know – I. I know there's no coverage that they, you know, when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 but you know, I, I'm happy for the work. I'm always blessed to be on set. So I was like, okay, I'm here. Uh, Actors. We're, we're so funny. We, we complain and moan and whine about not getting work. And then when we get on set, we complain and moan and whine about not being able to be done and go home. So I was like, no, I'm here. We're good. But, they let me go and it was too late for me to go to um, it was too late for me to go home to say the goodbye that I wanted to say to my dad. So went to the airport, flew out to Las Vegas. And the thing is prior to that, I said to my wife on Thursday night, mind you the day before I said, honey, I have a feeling I should not go out to Las Vegas this weekend. I just, I don't think dad's, you know, dad's ill. I don't, I do not think that this is the right time he he passed away from alzheimer's and it was a slow deterioration and it was the point to where it wasn't a matter of if it was a matter of when but i told her i said honey i think i should stay and she said charles so many people are going to celebrate you and your brother's 
put in so much work and I know what they have in store. You have to go. And I didn't want to, but I, but I did. And, uh, so went out, flew to Vegas, you know, things started off great. And about nine o'clock that night, um, I got the call saying uh, my father had died. Chrissy, and this was back when we had pagers, right? We, there wasn't, right. it wasn't like a cell phone. So I said, okay, Chrissy, just if, if the worst happens, just hit 911 and I'll find a phone and call you. And sure enough, it did. And then I, my two brothers and our dear friend, Chris Pertigo, who is also a, a martial arts student of yours, uh, as yes. you know, um, great man, great man, who also survived, can- who also survived cancer. Yes. And just, just a wonderful human being. He, yes. Uh, we, we rented a car and drove home because it was so late. There were no flights leaving until the next morning. So, uh, yeah. so that was it. That was, um, that was that. And when he passed, um, it, because it was a month before my wedding, it, it just kind of numbed me to just kind of the world. And I, I told Christy, I said, honey, I love you. I am so excited to get married, but I have nothing in my tank right now. I'm not overly right. happy or sad. I'm just kind of empty. And I think that that emptiness is what allowed me to fill my life with love now. And fill so when tank. I look for people, yeah. Yeah. So when I look for people, I want to know, like, I, I, I think people like me because I like asking people questions about themselves because mm. it truly does fascinate me to get to know other people and what they're about and, and their strengths and their weaknesses and who they are. And genuinely that's, those are the treasures that I take with me. Those stories, those, those relationships just to know, Oh yeah. You know, you know, I, boom, I, I'm so, I'm so glad there's a heaven because I, I, I cannot wait to meet your father. You know, he sounds like an extraordinary human being. And knowing you, I mean, he, you know, I, I cannot wait to meet him. Well, thank you. He was the uh, he was the greatest man that I've ever known. And so, you know, out of out of the detritus of that loss, uh, was kind of born the man that that I have become and so again just like with anything you 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 know you you suffer losses and setbacks and there are impactful moments which you know depending upon your mood and outlook will determine the course of your next few years and i think that that you know for me i could have sunk into a depression but i had to use it to uplift myself because i was getting married i was about to become yeah uh, i was about to become a a partner of someone i had to make sure that and, I, and I got as, soon a, as soon a father as as well, you know, it, it's not mm-hmm. it's not that much longer that you you became a father yourself. And how how did that contribute to your skill? How did that contribute to your success? Because let me tell you something. You know, there there was once upon a time where I could not watch one single show, one single thing that I did not see your face in. <laughs> and and I, I swear, you know, I I saw uh, Harley Quinn in the theaters, and I did not see you. And when I came home, and I saw it, and I, you were like as as clear as day. I mean, it's clear <laughs> as day. I'm like, dude, I can't even escape this guy, man. He's everywhere. Like you're you're one of those actors that people love 
people want to hire. They want you to be part of their group. How did that, does, does that make you feel good? I mean, obviously it does, but that, does oh. that make you feel included in, into some kind of like, some kind of weird diatribe where, where people just, you know, you're, you're part of a group that's, that's kind of, you know, abnormal, you know, to be, to be hired so much and loved so you much, know, loved, loved, loved so much. Well, that's, that, that's what is the most important thing to me. And thank you for that. Um, by the way, I, I feel very blessed. I feel very blessed that um, I've been able to work and I've been able to understand, you know, kind of how I fit into the machinations of the entertainment industry. Um, and I think that it's, you know, it's just, this is what I love to do. Again, I, I don't want to keep trumpeting the, the, the same bugle call, but from the greatest sincerity comes the greatest achievement. I love acting. I love getting scripts and playing around. You know, one thing you, you, you mentioned in your, in your opening monologue today was about, are you going to be a better person or a worse person when you come out of uh, this pandemic, when this quarantine right. is finally lifted right. and, and, and people kind of get about the business of getting about their business. And uh, I actively said to myself, I, I want to be better. Right. I want to find a way to uh, to lift myself up and move on. And so I'm I'm very grateful. I I don't necessarily know why it is I've been blessed enough to book what I book. I think it is because I love my job and I take each role very seriously. And I I do the requisite work. Um, I don't know. I you know the, I'm going to stop you right there. The 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 amount of expression people have when speaking about you the you know what i i remember when i when i uh uh called up jody soddenberg and i mentioned mm-hmm. that I, I wanted a job and i mentioned your name she lit up like a candle you know uh, there, there is, is is she is an incredible human being and not only that brilliant at her job and just a, just a brilliant person so i i don't have one to say good things to say about her she lit up like a candle. And when I called 808 and I called uh, other studios and what have you, they lit up like a, like a happy birthday cake. Speaking about you, speaking about how you were, how great you were, and, and absolutely will listen to you. You know, and that's the, kind of, that's the kind of welcoming I got because of you. And you know, there's something there's something extremely, extremely special about you, and I would like to just tap into that so my audience can kind of understand, so they themselves can replicate it in a way, or they they, they themselves can understand it. So sometimes, you know, maybe they can find a way to that path themselves. Well, God, you know. Um... Again, this is such such lavish play, praise. I, I blush. We're, we're not for the fact that I have this perfectly tan skin. You would see me blushing right now, and the fact that you can't see me because you know, you know what's funny is I hear birds video. chirping in your background, which is so you know it's so lavish and and it just fits your persona so well. I just hear birds chirping in the background, like you're, you're like like well, you're. It's hilarious to I'm me. Sorry, I, 
you know, I, uh, I really, I really like my backyard and I, yeah. I feel at one, I feel at one with nature. And that's, it's something that, you know, and the novels I've written nature and the world around me takes a, plays a big right. part. And um, so uh, are they disturbing? Cause I could, I can sneak into a room. No, by God, no, no, by God, no. I find them adorable. And it, oh, it, great, it, good. It, it, it fits you so well of how I think of you. Uh, that's the only reason why wow. I mentioned that is that how I think of you of being kind to people, kind to your family, kind to animals, kind to everyone. And, and one of my f- absolute favorite human beings on the planet Earth, you know, it, it makes complete sense why, 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 why animals would love you, why people would love you, why everyone would just adore you. Well, you're sweet. You know, we brought over a little kitten to possibly get for uh, for Kaya, and I'll tell you right now, this kitten didn't love me for whatever reason. She, <laughs> I, I was not her favorite person, so I guess excluded from that's cats. The exception that makes the rule. Yeah, so. <laughs> cat, cat, cats are cats are. You know, I have cats. Cats are cats are cats are a lot like women, whereas you you need to gain their trust, and it takes a little bit of a while. Yeah, we look. We have a cat right now, Spirit. We absolutely love. She's awesome. This other little kitty though wasn't feeling me, and I tried everything. And I was like, at one point, I was like, hey, Chrissy, this this just isn't the match. This where this is right. happening. So, <laughs> you know what it is. Um, you know what it is. It, it's space. I, I remember, if you don't mind me sharing a story with you, but you, yeah. I remember when I got India, my 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 best kitty right here, and she mm-hmm. hated me when I first got her, but she loved my other kit, uh, kitty Pebbles. And she would hide from me, and she didn't want to be near me at all. And I remember she went up to the window in Colorado where it was snowing, and she tried to escape. And I grabbed her tail, and I, <laughs> I grabbed her tail, and I yanked her, and she flew like 15 feet. And it freaked me out. I never, I knew a cat, never knew a cat that it can look like a bat in my entire life. And I locked that door. And I went up to her and I looked her right in the face and I go, I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me very clearly. One, you can go back to the place where I found you. Two, I can find you different owners that will love you, if not the way I do, if not better. But there's no way, and I'm telling you, no way you're escaping and dying on my watch. There's no way this is going to happen. Okay. So I want you to think about this and, and we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out together. And I let her go and I, I, I figured it out. You know, one day later she came up to me and just snuggled into me. And that was it. That was it. I was and like, I, there's, there's, and I think, go ahead. And I think that's analogous to the way that you always taught and conducted yourself, you know, as, as an educator, as a master, as a teacher, um, you would you would give people options. Okay, say we can do this, or we can do this. I'm not going to force your hand, but you're not going to be hurt or fail on my watch. I'm not going right. to allow that to happen. You can leave. You can absolutely right. leave. But if you stay, we're going to succeed somehow. And right. and I think that's the thing. A lot of people get in their own way when it comes to success. And I mean, look, I've had I have had many many a dark night where I have cried to the angels of my better conscience in, in the 
deepest, darkest hours and wondered, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I moving in the right direction? But again, you have people in your life that, that step in and say, Hey, keep, keep going, keep moving forward, keep progressing. And so that, you know, it makes sense. And you know what? She, India stayed with you and, and, and there you go. And now you've got the, you've got your loving kitty. (laughs) You know, Charles, we're we're running out of time. You know, you have your class to teach right now, but you know, we're running out of time. I want to, I want to hear about your books. You have three, you have a trilogy of books going on here. We all want to hear about it. We all want to buy those books. We want to see them be made into movies. Please tell us about these books. And by the way, I heard that there's a fourth book being written. Yes. Well, you just had on uh, one of one of the greatest people in my life. Yeah. uh, Skeeter Jones, who is my co-author of uh, my writing partner in so many projects. And and you talk about um, again, you talk about angels, you talk about teachers. I I'll tell you right now. And Skeeter, if you're listening, I want you to know this. I hold you in the highest regard. You are in the greatest category of human being to me because I would not have my career were it not for Skeeter Jones. I will tell you that right now. As a businessman, he is second to none. He is smart. He is powerful. And he, just like you, the people closest to me have a trait that is uh, very similar. They all share, and that is that you will tell people what you're feeling. You will tell the truth. And in an industry where so often there is a passive aggressive desire to tell people what you think, but not ruffle their feathers or not get in their way or just try to keep confrontation from happening. Skeeter isn't programmed that way. He will tell you, look, man, this was good. This is not good. I'm not telling you to insult you. I'm telling you, this is the truth. You know, get, bring, me, bring me something. Let me know something. As a businessman, right. second to none, as an artist, as an actor, a director, a photographer, an editor, this cat can do anything as a writer. Getting together, having the experience of writing these novels with him was absolutely extraordinary. Such a great human being. In fact, he and uh, another person with whom we've collaborated, Corey Tyler, they are the godfathers to uh, my son, Logan. Skeeter is such an incredible human being and such a talent. And so writing young slave girl uh, named Veladriana Rall, who has the power to either save the world or be the weapon of its destruction uh, comes across a young hero by the name of Corwin Duceridan, and he unwittingly becomes her protector and has to take her on a journey to find and be able to harness this power, you know, all while being pursued by different forces of evil. One of the things that I love about these novels, um, quick thing about me, if you don't mind, when I was younger, I was bullied viciously growing up. I mean, I've like, my cranium has always been the size it is right now. Fortunately, my body has grown into it. So now, relatively speaking, everything works itself out and looks about the same. But I had hmm. this big head on this skinny pencil-like body. I had thick horn rim glasses. I had an overbite, buck teeth, gap in the middle, and I was a mouth breather. So I was just very, oh, oh. 
that's who I was as a kid. So I was fodder for wow. for uh, the other kids in school, and so for I was bullied. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was bullied pillar to post. But back then, being bullied did not have the same. There was not the same negative connotation attached to it. It was more like a rite of passage uh, in the seventies, you know, and uh, early eighties. Oh, you're being bullied. You know, just deal with it. Be a man. You know, and that was that was it. Thank God today we understand the ramifications of what it is to be bullied and what needs to be done to prevent that. But back then it was like, oh, you know, just deal with it. Everybody goes through it, blah, blah, blah. That was the extent of the psychological awareness and training that people had. And um, so I didn't have a ton of friends as a kid. Um, I I had three growing up over the years. I can I can tell you their names. There was Murphy, there was Carl, and there was Keith. And so for many years, that was it. And sad to say, those were the people who I, who I thought were my friends. And um, so I would escape into the pages of fantasy novels. And uh, I, I remember the first ones that really captured my mind. Well, obviously, uh, Tolkien's work, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, are, are an incredible segue into that world they're an incredible introduction but then there were books by authors margaret weiss and tracy hickman uh the dragonlance Mm -hmm. chronicles and i read those great books um, yeah and and i i was taken on a journey of discovery in these other worlds where i was not ostracized i was not condemned i was not ridiculed and i could be a part of these groups i could be a part of these 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 bands and these adventurers and I could, I could be a part of these fellowships and go on these journeys. And as I started kind of just free flowing ideas, I was, I was up in, in the mountains of the Eastern Sierras, uh, my favorite place to be. I was up uh, just North of, of Mammoth and I started writing what would later um, become a uh, quest for Elderstone. Uh, I, I wanted to tell a story where if I were to be in a world, who would I be and create a place to where kids who are being bullied now can find some solace and find a place to where they can go on a journey and they're not going to be ridiculed or looked down upon. And so that was the impetus for me to write these books. But were it not for Skeeter to come along Mm -hmm. and say, Hey man, we can really do this. Um, and his help was not only artistic, it was financial. It was, it was in terms of uh, ad, a, a, an advisory capacity. He did so much to help me. I am eternally indebted to him. So um, oh, wow. I, want these, I want these books to do well so that I can just say, hey, man, here you go. Here's your, here's your return <laughs> on investment. Um, but, but, you know, moreover, moreover than anything, I've, I've, I've had a lot of people – say that they were touched by the books. The books are uh, actually being used by a uh, professor at Johns Hopkins University right. for uh, students working Teaching. on their, their doctorates in psychology and clinical psychology. And they, they have to read the books and develop uh, clinical programs to treat these characters. If these characters were to come into their practices. And I just, that was such a huge compliment for, for me and for us. Um, right. I, I just absolutely love them. So yes, there's a fourth book in the way. I also wrote a book um, with a wonderful human being who you know. His name is James Levine. And, oh, uh, Jim Levine. 
on on uh, it's called Bring It, and it, it's it's about um, acting technique and how to how to go in, how to book the role, how to understand things, not only from an actor standpoint, but a casting director standpoint, which James is, and a director and and a, a session yeah. director, somebody who runs the casting sessions as as, That's true. as I do. So I had um, I had so, a, I had the pleasure of taking pictures of James Levine's daughter uh, Noah. And uh, yes. just a, it's just an inc- just an incredible family, an incredible person. Absolutely. Yeah, genuinely. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, genuine, wonderful people. So I've been I've been blessed to surround myself with people who um, who are kind. I you know, and it's funny because I've had a there was a recalcitrance in in me to really dive into expressing myself for a long time. And it's these connections with these other people that really allowed me to come forward and say, Hey, I guess I do have a story to tell. I guess I do right. have a voice. Right. And um, I have to tell you the, the, the shield of destiny. And so shameless plug shield of destiny.com. Um, <laughs> the shield of destiny series is really the, 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 the maturation and the, the culmination of all these efforts to tell a really good story that allows you to go on a journey that's, that's brisk, that's fast paced, that will, that will entertain. And through that, hopefully inform people on different aspects of life, because the thing that Skeeter and I really love to do is to create characters that are complex. So evil comes in shades, just like good comes right. in shades. And I think we've done a good job of, of capturing uh, the, the, the variance and diversity of, of life and viewpoints in, in this world. Well, they're wonderful books. I, I remember when you, when you first showed me the images that you got off, uh, out of seas uh, of, of some of the characters, and they were just wonderful, just beautiful yeah, you know, and again, that's a testament to uh, to Skeeter's business eye. He said, you know, this is something that can move on many platforms, and there are mm-hmm. there are many iterations of of what we would like to do with these books in in our minds. But one of the things he said was we we hired uh, uh, an incredible artist uh, who is in um, Indonesia to right. do the book covers and also to. Do she did? Uh, there, there are 22 of the main characters on the Shield of Destiny website. If you click on the click on the character page, um, you can click on the the images, and you'll get a big image come up, and then you get a little right. biography of each one, so that we have an interactive sort of experience on the website. And again, that's a testament to Skeeter and and his desire to say this is so much more. Um, because for me, I was a bit of a I was a bit of a purist. Like uh, no, they're novels. This is what it needs to be. And, right. <laughs> um, and he said, he said, yeah, but let's understand the world in which we live. How do right. we move forward and, and how reach the masses? How people listen to it. Yes. Yeah. The way people consume information and entertainment now. Is you know, here's my than... here's my thing. You know, is interesting the way that you talk about that because you know I went through the same problem when I started writing novels myself. Was that you know, the way I was writing, you know, it, it, when I looked at it deeply, it felt like a diary. It, it didn't feel mm-hmm. like I was sharing it with a lot of people. And, and I had to make a decision somewhere in my life whether I was going to write a diary or I was going to write something for the masses. Was that something you went through yourself? It was something that I went through. And again, that uh, 
again, I have to tell you that, that, that Skeeter helped me to see when I sat down to write the book, it was a tomb yeah. and there were many 50 cent words as Skeeter is so, so fond of saying, you know, and um, right. I would say I, you know, there were, there were, there was, there were a lot of, of contumacious dialogue he and I would have going back and forth about things. And I was like, no, this is how it has to be. This is it. This is all. <laughs> and um, he began, you know, he said, you know, Charles, if you're writing this just for you, it's one thing, but if you're writing this for the masses, we're going to have to give it a broader appeal. And right. I, I realized, okay, if it is indeed my intention to get this out there, I'm going to have to listen to other voices and take in and be a part of the collaborative process, which <clears throat> is, is what I love. You know, you asked me a question earlier about kind of I, not trying to sound too, too egotistical, but why people like me. And I think it's because right. I, I fully believe in the process of collaboration and right. allowing yourself to be influenced by others. And, and I'll give you a couple examples right now. I as I as a martial artist, I as a man, needed to collaborate with you to teach me those techniques, to teach me those viewpoints, to expand my mind in that way. I as an artist, as a writer, as a you know, as a storyteller, getting together with Skeeter to teach me the business, to to, to teach me the importance of being able to see other people's viewpoints. Um, I I collaborated with a man by the name of Sean Sharma, incredible human being, actor, uh, session director, uh, writer on the, on the mm -hmm. LA local board of SAG. Great guy. And we, we start great guy. He and another gentleman, John Ruby and Michael Bradley and I, we formed what's called the storytellers conservatory. And it's basically an, an incubator for actors to come in and work and establish a place where they can feel safe. So now again, another shameless plug, you can check out, uh, storytellersconservatory.com for people who want to come and learn the techniques of acting, but from a holistic perspective to where, I mean, yes, I will teach you triangulation of focus and the six dimensions of a, of, a, of a screen and movement and, and how to use props, when to use props, eyeline, positioning, uh, motivation, all these things, scene study, script analysis, all that. But I also want people to understand that to be an artist, to be a storyteller, as you know, you must have a holistic approach. How do you take right. on being a murderer and then step out of that at the end of the day? If you've done your work properly and given yourself to this character to tell this story, how do you decompress? How do you pull away from that? How do you deal with the rigors of not booking the job you know you, you nailed, of not getting the part that you felt was perfect for you, of not being offered a role in the first place, of all the knots and all the negativity and all the, the confusion and darkness that comes around with trying to be an artist and make a living and, and substantiate moving forward in this industry. How do you deal with the rigors of all that? And that's something that I try to impart as well as as an educator and so again i am really a sum of the collaborations that i have been 
blessed enough and fortunate enough to, to be involved with. And I think that that's right. for everybody out there. Find the people around you who inspire you, who make you want more than you had thought possible. And doors will open in incredible ways. And, and they won't be in the ways that you anticipate, but it's just like, it's like, it's like a boxer when they say, if you go to the body, you're just, you're, you're, you're putting money in the bank. You're putting money in the bank. They may not be the pretty shots, but come the, come the fourth, fifth, sixth round, those body shots start to come back and, and you know, you're, you're, you're saving money away. You, you tear down your opponent. You tear down the obstacles in your life by getting together with people who can uplift you and can push you along. And so right. you are one. Cedar is one. You know, Sean is one. I, I feel blessed. My wife, Chrissy, is one. I, I, uh, I have a lot of, I have a lot of angels in my life, and, uh, and, and, and I've needed them on, on many occasions. On many occasions, I, I paint a very bright, rosy picture. But just as with anything, there, are, there have been those times in my life where I have been faced with doubt, and I have been faced with those situations in which there has been a, you know, just an, just a lugubrious aspect to my being. And I've had to, I've had to battle, I've had to battle demons like anybody, but surrounding right. yourself with those people you love, um, that's what, that's what makes life interesting. And that's why I like to talk to people. How did you do what you did? How did you get to where you are? And that fascinates me to no end. Right. What do you want next for your career? What do you want next? I want to get my own show. I want to. I, I remember there was once upon a time where you almost became a fireman. That is correct. That is uh, that is correct. There was, and I, uh, I, to, I told you instantaneously, there's no way. And you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I saw a lo- I saw a large part of your life very quickly in my existence. I, I saw I saw Logan coming. <laughs> yeah, remember you that? I remember going to you and, and telling you, uh, "Yep, we're pregnant," and you said you're having a boy, and I said, "Well, it's okay, cool." But uh, you know, I just kind of. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember telling you that you're you're next, and you're like, "We don't plan on having any more children." I'm like, "Okay, we'll see." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and sure enough, and then you sure enough, you told I, took me, you, I took you to a sushi dinner because uh, you were right. I, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you you live such a, a a great life, and you're such a great person. I really want to know what what do you want next in your life? I, I have zero doubt it's going to happen, but I want to hear about it. You know, again, I want to be challenged uh, by roles. I want to uh, I want to continue to provide for my family as a storyteller. And uh, be that as as uh, an actor uh, in terms of being on camera or voiceover or however that manifests, um, it's it's time. I've had a lot of recurring roles. I want my I want to work consistently on a show where I can really dive in and bring a character to life and show people uh, the 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 intimacy of another human being. Um, and challenge myself in that regard. I want to continue to grow my acting classes uh, because I think that I am being of value to people. I've always said I want to raise a level of discourse in this industry, and I think I'm doing that now. And the, the, my, my students are absolutely amazing, brilliant actors, and it just it, it gets me excited to be 
in their lives and, and help in any way I can. Right. I want to, you know, finish the fourth novel with Skeeter and build that quote unquote empire, but get, again, get a story out there so that I can show people you can, you can do so much with art. Art will always win the day going through this pandemic, going through these quarantines, going through all the things that we are dealing with right now with, um, you know, racial violence with, with social inequity, with the, the ineptitude of our governments to really be able to assist us the way we feel is necessary. All that aside, we can use art to bring ourselves together. I would rather revel and celebrate in our, in, in our commonality than to search out our, our differences. I want to honor our differences because those are the things that make us unique and stand out, but it's more important to come at things from a place of understanding and mutual cooperation and acceptance. And I think that's how we uplift everyone. So in a nutshell, those are the things that I want to do, but I got to tell you, I want to tell stories. I love, I, I love when the camera's pointed at me. I love when I have other people's words to say or right. the words that I've written down uh, that I'm saying as in the guise of another character. It makes me happy. It makes me smile. I get to be silly. I get to be, I get to be the little boy again who is on an adventure. And um, I, get to, I, get to be, I get to be someone other than myself. I'm pretty easy. Uh, you know, feed me, rub my belly, let me play with my kids and, and, and hug my wife. And if there's, you know, let me, let me train my, my martial arts. And if there's snow on the ground, let me do a little skiing up, uh, up in the mountains. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You pretty much just <laughs> you define me. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me tell you stories. You know, if, if you got a minute, I'll tell you stories. How can, you know, we have a, a huge amount of people that are listening right now. How, how can people reach you? How can they listen to your stuff? How can they read your books? How can they get in touch with you? Uh, you know what? You can check me out uh, again if you want to or if you're interested in studying uh, the, the craft of acting. And I love it because it is a craft. Um, and now what I've seen is that, you know, the quote unquote new normal is the, is the term du jour right now uh, <laughs> is that like my classes right now are being done over, over zoom and they're effectual and we're having fun and we're bringing communities together, people together to get through this. And so uh, we're working on ways to make the storytellers conservatory, a class that can be um, that can be taken from wherever. And, you know, I have, I have students who are in Minnesota right now. I have students all across LA. I have students uh, in different parts of the world who come into the class and it works great. Everybody says, hi, we have time to settle in with each other. And then we do the work. Is it the way you want to do a scene? No, you always want to be in a room with other people, but it's a very effectual uh, modus operandi in terms of being able to deal with things. So I want to get my work out there. So I say that to say, if you are in another city or another state and you want to take a class from people who are in the trenches, working actors, people who are working casting professionals, people who live their day-to-day life boots on the ground in Hollywood, um, you can go and check, check me out, check us out at storytellersconservatory.com. 
Right. If you want to delve into the world of Tarun and the books, uh, the, the, the world of the Shield of Destiny, you can go to shieldofdestiny.com. Um, my Instagram is uh, Charles D. Carpenter. And please jump on there. Follow me on there uh, on Facebook. It's my full name, Charles David Carpenter. Um, and, uh, I, and, and I am the type of person that if you reach out to me, I will definitely get back in touch with you because, um, well, because I'm all alone, I'm boring. I have no life. No, uh, I, I, because I like human connection because I think that if you can change somebody's life in any way, it may be minuscule to you, but it could be, it could be an enormous watershed moment for them. If you just take the time to be, personable and reach out and interact. Um, so if you, if you reach out to me, I'll definitely, I'll definitely get back to you because that's, that's what I think human nature is about. Something that, that, you know, you taught me a black belt's primary purpose is to serve. Right. And you taught me that I take that very seriously. How can I serve? How can I give back to my community? And, um, you know, how can, how can I, 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 set an example to where, you know, don't learn from my mistakes, learn from where I stumbled and fell. So you can go on and make all your own mistakes. Uh, and, and then somebody will learn from you. And that's how we move forward as a society. That's why we are better people. I, I want my kids to be better than me and I want right. their kids to be better than them. And I want our society to keep moving itself on and keep developing. And as a Phoenix from the ashes, build itself to another place. So uh, I think that that's, you know, those are, those are the ways that, the, that you can reach out. You can, you can get in touch with me. Um, you can shoot me an email. Um, you, can, you can reach out. I will get back to you. And um, let's, start a, let's start a correspondence. Let's grow and learn from each other and, uh, and, and keep telling stories. Keep telling stories in whatever way that you define that for you because we all have an interesting viewpoint. We've all done something unique. Let's share it with each other. Right. Right. And congratulations to you on 100 episodes. This is 100 episodes. (laughs) You know, it's it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. You know, 100 episodes from one to 100 you know, you know, I wanted to have my favorite person on, on the show as as uh, as an homage to what we've done together. And uh, you know, you you said and have done everything I, I that I expected of you, and and that I that I desired to uh, of anybody that I loved. And uh, I, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, hey. Master Steve, and that's that's what I've called you. It's so weird just to say Steve. So uh, that's like I can't I can't <laughs> turn that off. But uh, I, I've, I've got to tell you, as a master instructor, as a as a human being, as a friend, I feel so blessed to have you in my life. I love you. Yeah. Our kids love you. I remember Kaya as a little girl running around. Master Steve, Master Steve, we go see Master Steve. <laughs> yes, we're, we're going to see. Him. I actually I have a great picture Kaya and I in our in our uniforms that I'll send you. Um, it's I, just priceless send and, that picture. Um, you know did you see the picture that i that i put on uh facebook that or instagram that, uh, of both of you in your uniforms doing the uh doing the hand block that's the one that's the one yeah uh, i 
I will, uh, I will, I will go on there and I will check it right now. That's so cool. Yeah. Send it, send it to um, me as well. But, but, but I, I always remember that, you know, you, your, your children have always been so kind to me and uh, your family's always been so kind to me. I, I remember I would go to your, your wife's school and teach mm-hmm. Buddhism and the, uh, the yep. sword to their students. It, it, it's been a wonderful adventure. A wonderful they, adventure. And they, they loved it. They loved having you come down and teach them and show them. And I hope that this has um, not, uh, not humanized, that's the wrong word, but this has uh, allowed people a glimpse into who you actually are because you are just such an interesting human being. And I know that the next hundred shows are going to be incredible. Um, invite me back for number two. Let me, let me come back for 200. We, we'll, we'll make it a, we'll make it a, we'll make it a thing. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. You know, by then you'll be in a thousand movies and you'll forget who I am. And I've told you a hundred times. I know for a fact you're going to get the Oscar. And I, I hope to God I'm one of those people when you say, you know, and for those, for those that I forgot to mention, thank you so much. I'll know that that's me. I know partially that's, that's right. me. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm telling you now. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, this, is, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for Thank you, my friend. We're going to give you a clap track yes. out, my friend, before you have to go. Uh, good luck with your class today, and God bless, huh? Say, please say hi to your family. Thank you. God bless you. Everybody sends their love. You know that. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Here you go. Here's your clap track. Love Have it. a great day, my friend. You too. Bye-bye. One of my favorite people in the entire world, you know, he's been part of my life for so long. It's just ridiculous. Um, over 20 years, uh, you know, we're the, we're the same age group. We, we talked about so many things. I taught him so many things. He's taught me so many things. We shared each other's lives. When Kaya was uh, in diapers, he came to my school. And now she's valedictorian going off to the University of Wisconsin. It's incredible. I told him that he would have a child. You know, he laughed at me and said, we're not expecting a child. And then he had Logan. (laughs) He told me maybe three weeks later that his wife was pregnant with Logan. And he's an incredible kid. And they're UCLA kids, by the way. Wow. Incredible. Where life takes you is incredible. Charles Carpenter, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm I'm so proud of you. I'm proud to call you a friend. I'm proud to call you a student. You've done so much for so many people. Through casting, through acting, through writing books. People love you. People adore you. Like I said, when I called casting agencies looking for work, when I would mention Charles Carpenter's names, their eyes would light up like candles. Oh, Charles, we love Charles. Oh, Charles, yeah, we love Charles. Yeah, come on in. (laughs) He's an adorable human being. He's an articulate human being. 
He's a caring human being. This has been our 100th episode, and I'm so proud to have such a great person to be in our 100th episode of our show. Charles Carpenter, thank you so much for sharing your life with us, by your father, by your mother, by your wife, by your children. Thank you for being part of our existence. Thank you for being part of my first show. Now my hundredth show. You're a great man. You're a great student. And you're a great friend. My respect for you is unmatched. I love and care for your family more than anything in the world and I only pray for the best of you. What a great human being Charles Carpenter is. And to all of you, I shared a part of my history with you today. Listen upon your better angels. Seek your better angels. Be better people. When we're out of this pandemic, who are you going to be? Worse for the wear? Somebody who just gets angry when they watch something on television and then forgets about it later on? Or somebody who stands up for things in this universe? Are you, walking to, are you going to walk out of this? Are you going to walk out of this being the kind of person that goes, well, you know, that lasted three days. I'm over that. I can't think about those things because it just brings me depression. You know, I don't want to be sad all the times because I don't want to think about these things. Or are you going to be the kind of person who says, listen. I believe in love, I believe in justice, and I believe in being a good person. And these things are not right. Are you going to fight for those things that are not right? Or at the very least, be a better person, and if you see those things, fight for those things? I believe in you. I believe in you all. I believe that when things go wrong, you'll fight. I believe when things are unjust, you'll see that and speak out. I believe in you. When things don't feel right, that you will say something that will change the minds of others. I believe in you. And I love you all. I want you to remember that this is a time of reflection. This is a time to decide who you're going to be. A better person or a worse person. A person who learned from the lesson of being sent to the room, being in isolation, and decided, listen, I'm going to come out of this a better person. Or are you that kind of person who just said, I'm done, now I'm going to go party. I'm going to go to the, my favorite restaurant and 
forget this even happened. I don't believe you're that person. I don't believe you're that person. Think about your life. Think about others. Read that book. Write that book. Watch that movie. Write that movie. Come out of this thing a better person. And I believe that you will. I love you all. And I trust you. My name is Steve Pisa. This has been Cinema Files Radio. Always remember, look for your better angels. Be well. Take care of yourself. Take care of your neighbors. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. Thank you, everybody.